South Sudan in focus on the voice of America. I'm John Tanz in Washington working on this program very remote. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Tuesday, October 11, 2022. Authorities in the contested ABA area say 12 people were killed during an attack by youth from Warap State. Uh, to use uh, as attack the net and Goldbrook in the area at morning yesterday. So this is what happened. Yeah, a lot of lives have been lost. And a South Sudanese analyst says most intercommunal violence in the country are fueled by lack of resources. The authorities of the two areas, administrative uh, area of ABA, uh, having authority over uh, the market at Anet and, and Agok, and they disagreed on, on, on the border, most particularly because of the of the location of the market, which is a resource for the administrators. It's a resource for taxes. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. The UN Children's Agency, UNICEF, says child marriage and female genital mutilation are on the rise in the Horn of Africa as a devastating drought intensifies, pushing families to the edge. Ruben Chama reports for VOA from the Kenyan capital, Nairobi. Some say girls as young as 12 are being forced into child marriage and female genital mutilation at alarming rates. Emmanuel Kumpa is the UNICEF Regional Gender Advisor for Eastern and Southern Africa. Over the last 10 years, there has been an increase on issues that matters to girls by government in the regions, but the investment in adolescent girls remain far too limited, and they continue to face increased risk of child marriage, early pregnancy, and HIV infection. We have the highest adolescent pregnancy rate in the world, with alarming trends in Mozambique and Angola, and we know that every week, more than 3,000 girls are newly infected by HIV in Eastern and Southern Africa. She spoke with VOA as the world prepares to mark the International Day of the Girl, celebrated annually on October 11th. According to the UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, several countries in the Horn of Africa, including Somalia, Ethiopia and Kenya, are suffering a historic drought that is affecting the lives of more than 36 million people. Hafsa Omar is a 19-year-old girl from Somaliland. In my country now, they are going through FGM. Although there are lots of awareness, but it's still like it's something which is going on because it's part of our culture and um, it's a taboo that young girls cannot talk about it. Again, it's going back to the psychological health-related things because when a young girl goes through this, she never has the chance to talk about it. She cannot express her feelings. She cannot say her opinions. In an assessment carried out in Somaliland earlier this year, almost a quarter of the people interviewed reported a rise in gender-based violence due to drought, including child marriage and domestic and sexual violence. Omar says girls have faced new challenges this year as a result of the triple threat of COVID, conflict and climate change. You know, lots of young girls were having mental health issues. It was a really hard time during the COVID, having a drought and all that. It wasn't easy to find someone to talk about how this thing impacts our lives, how it changed our lives, because out of nowhere, the world changed into from face-to-face conversations to just virtual 
meeting. UNICEF says in Ethiopia, child marriage has on average more than doubled in the space of one year, especially in areas worst affected by the drought. In Tanzania, child marriages too seem to be on the rise, but UNICEF and Tanzanian authorities have launched a campaign aimed at ending the practice. Nabiha Kasim Ali is a youth activist with UNICEF Tanzania. She says this campaign seeks to outlaw the 1971 Law of Marriage Act, which currently allows girls to marry at 14 with court consent and 15 with parental consent. Child marriage and FGM drive girls out of school and leave them more vulnerable to domestic violence and a lifetime of poverty. Ruben Chama, VON News, Nairobi. An official with the UN Humanitarian Affairs says families displaced by fighting in Fashoda County are seeking refuge at the Unmis Kodok base. Authorities in Upper Nile State's Fashoda County say a known number of people were killed after armed militia attacked the area. Dengai Deng reports for VOA from Bor. Pashoda County Commissioner Joseph Aban says the fighting between armed militias began on Saturday and continued through Monday in the villages of both Nyigir, Pabor, Patou, and Padit. Aban says an unknown number of people have been killed and thousands of civilians have fled their homes. Two days ago, the security incident occurred in Fashoda County. The fighting continued the day before yesterday and yesterday. They looted cattle and killed people. The report I have now, there were women and children abducted and some killed. Brigadier General Chual Denton, the spokesperson of the Akidguang faction allied to General Simon Garwich, which is accused of carrying out the attack, denies his group's forces were involved in the fighting in Fashoda County. Tony insists that the recent fighting occurred between civilians. Those people are not our people. The fighting was between the civilians themselves. According to the information we have, the fighting was between the Shiluk and the people of Fangak County of Jongle State. We are not part of that fighting. The United Nations Office for Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, or UN OCHA, says the fighting which erupted on October 8th between armed groups in Pashoda County has displaced 8,000 people from Kodok Town and other locations. Annette Hans, acting head of UN OCHA in South Sudan, says many of those displaced moved to an unmiss operations in search of safety. Between the 6th and the 9th of October, renewed fighting was reported between armed factions in several locations, including in Kodok Payam in Fashoda County, that's in Upper Nile State. The fighting has displaced an estimated 800 thousand people from Kodok town and from many other locations. Many of those who displaced have moved closer to the Unmiss Kodok company operating base seeking safety. 
The situation is very concerning for these people. Hans says humanitarian activities are affected and some humanitarian personnel were relocated from Pashoda County for safety reasons. She says many humanitarian staffers from UN agencies and NGOs moved from the compounds in Kodok town to the Kodok humanitarian hub near the Unmis base. Many humanitarian staff from both the UN system members but also from the NGOs have moved out of their compounds in Kodok County and into the Kodok Humanitarian Hub, which is located closer to the Unmiss base. Many of the humanitarians who work in the area are themselves local staff from the area, and as such they risk becoming part of the affected communities. Some local staff have already reported that they themselves have moved with their families to other sites seeking safety. The UN humanitarian agency says aid agencies are ready to provide initial life-saving assistance to the displaced, but given the nature of the situation, additional supplies and additional capacity would be needed to respond to new areas that have been attacked. Since the beginning of the conflict along the Nile River in mid-August, over 18,000 IDPs have sought shelter at the POC site in Malakal, according to Ocha. As a result of the fighting, the situation between the IDP population from the Chuluk and Nwer ethnic groups in the Malakal POC site remains tense, according to a UN statement. The United Nations mission in South Sudan has condemned the attack, saying it is, quote, deeply concerned about the ongoing fighting among arms groups in Fashoda County in Hapanile State. The UNMIS statement says the clashes are believed to have resulted in what it calls the loss of a significant number of lives, women being abducted, and more than 8,000 people being displaced from Kodok Town and nearby locations. Nicholas Asim, special representative of the UN Secretary General and head of UNMIS, called for an immediate cessation of violence and had all leaders, including, quote, political, civic, religious or traditional, to do their part to end hostilities and restore security among the affected communities. For VOA News, I am Deng Guiding in Bor. Still on violence, the spokesperson of the ABA Special Administrative Area says armed youth from neighboring Warab states, Twitch County, attacked several areas in the contested ABA region on Monday, killing at least 12 people and injuring several others. For VOA News, Dengai Deng reports from Bor. Ajag Deng Mien, spokesperson of the Abia Special Administrative Area, says armed young men from neighboring Warabi states, Twitch County, attacked several areas in southern Abia Monday. Mien says at least 12 people were killed and several others injured from Abia sites. The uh, has attacked the northern Yoldok in Agok area at morning yesterday. So this is what happened. Yeah, a lot of lives have been lost and uh, and uh, the situation now is tense. On, on the side of the use of uh, villages around and maybe uh, the use, I think they have lost the casual is as well. Uh, among them is one woman and one child with four months. Uh, but on the, the, the attacker side, always we don't count. 
We learned that there are a lot of bodies on the ground. VOA could not independently verify the figures of the people killed in the attack. Warabi State Information Minister Ring Deng Ading and Warabi State Governor Alewa Yenya Leu did not answer several calls for comments. Warabi State Member of Parliament Ariech Mayar confirms that 15 armed men from Warabi State were killed in the fighting. I heard the fighting going on there. But I, I, I did not dig into knowing all the details of what had happened. But I heard from the sources, you know, to teach and appear that it, it was teached. That led the yesterday night raid to a letter. And 15 were killed from teach. And the number of those still in Abiyah is unknown. Mayar says the issue between the communities could have been resolved if there was what he called a political will among Warabi State's top leaders. The lawmaker says state officials have been directed not to speak to the media about the Abiyah Twitch conflict. The state government is not even responding to any like it, is not reporting, is not responsibility of even reporting what is happening today or yesterday in Abiyah. So the government has run the media houses of the Department of the Department of Information of the State Government of Warabi State from reporting anything related to Indian and BIA conflict. And now the public is in darkness. The South Sudan People's Defense Force established a buffer zone between Warabi Street County and the BIA administrative area to try to eliminate the communal fighting. The contested BIA area connects Sudan and South Sudan's borders. The UN Security Council established the UN Interim Security Force for ABA or UNISFA in 2011 to monitor the border between the North and the South and facilitated the delivery of humanitarian aid. The force was also authorized to use force in protecting civilians and humanitarian workers in ABA. UNISFA spokesperson Daniel Adekera says the ABA force has yet to gather all the details about the attack, but he insists UNISFA is doing its job. The UNISPA has the mandate of protecting the, the civilians. So we are even wondering why the, the UNISPA is reluctant and he is not being given in that the Jordan part people are being given attack. So if you could remember in the last fight, in the beginning of in March, uh, when the attack is from the southern part and from the northern part, it has come into a BA town itself near here. And I remember even the American numbers in Atum issued and all for UNISFA for protection, and that is their mandate. So this is a really, uh, we need to, uh, the, uh, the media to age them and whoever has the influence to remind them about their protection because otherwise it's going to be very difficult in the box. Mian says UNIFA has done little to protect civilians in the area. I don't know what they understand by protection of civilians. Protection of civilians doesn't mean when two people are fighting, you go and stop. And in between, you you will be the first to be killed. And when they are fighting, you wouldn't be there to stand again. We have engaged this, uh, these people even at the highest level. Remember the first commander has been to Juba several times on this matter. We have engaged both the administration and traditional leadership to bring sanity into that place and get the people there to reason out. But when they choose to fight, what do you want to do? One take side, how do you go and stop people coming from Twitch Tinker, which is not part of our area of responsibility? They're not being realistic.
President Salva Kiir formed an 11-member committee headed by the Vice President for Service Cluster, Hussein Abdelvagi, to investigate the root causes of conflict between the Ngok Dinka and the people of Twitch County. The committee secretary, Diu Matok, said in May that the panel detained four government officials from Abia and Warave State for allegedly fueling the conflict between the Ngok Dinka of Abia and the Twitch community. For VOA News, I am Deng Guiding in Bor. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, what are the root causes of intercommunal violence in South Sudan? Find out more after the break. advice to your siblings? If so, what kind of advice? Yes, I advise my siblings. I tell them to be respectful to everybody, old and young alike. Yes, I advise my siblings. I tell them not to waste money, but to be careful in the way they handle money. I also tell them to give to people who are in need. Hard work always pays. And the, if you work hard, at the end you realize something that you didn't expect. So that's the single piece of advice that I will follow. I always tell them to they work hard in school. Then, of course, they should be open in case they want anything or lack anything. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. A South Sudanese analyst says the conflict between communities in South Sudan's Warab state and their B administrative area has its roots in sharing of local resources and border lines as well as possible drivers from actors in Juba and Khartoum. Jogmadu Jog is a professor of anthropology at the U.S.-based Syracuse University. He says there is quote, absence of the South Sudan government in resolving a conflict that has raged for months. It's very difficult to really know exactly why two communities that have uh, lived side by side uh, since time immemorial, who have intermarried and who have joined hands in the struggle against uh, Sudan, and Ngok people haven't contributed to the independence of South Sudan, and uh, Twitch people haven't hosted uh, members of the Ngok community during times of distress. It is very difficult to explain why at this hour uh, that they would uh, uh, do this uh, to one another, uh, causing so much destruction and so much distress and, and, and pain. Uh, where where people have killed essentially people who are their relatives uh, the only explanation we can we can really focus on is the failure of the state of south sudan to to be present in terms of security the border conflict between abia and the twitch community has been going on for months your organization, the Sud Institute, published a paper early this year about what is driving that conflict between these two sisterly communities. You called it the ngok twitch border conflict, a manifestation of both socioeconomic development in South Sudan. In simple terms, what would you point out to be at the root of this conflict? 
Well, it would be the authorities of the two areas. There is the uh, administrative uh, area of ABA uh, having authority over uh, the market at Anet and Anagok, and the uh, Twitch County of Warab State having authority over that territory. And they disagreed on, on, on the border, most particularly because of the of the location of the market, which is a resource for the administrators. It's a resource for taxes uh, and for businesses, for for some of the main government officials in counties and in the uh, independent administrative area of RBI. And so they, they were fighting over the market. Uh, and where the boundary is, th- is thought to lie is where one administrative area feels that they should be the one collecting the taxes. So... This is really what is being referred to as a, an economic uh, plan, which did not work. Uh, that, that in fact, the sharing of resources should be based on the territorial boundaries uh, instead of simply um, uh, sitting down and, 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 and addressing this issue of uh, who should be uh, collecting taxes where. Uh, and I think that is really the, the root of this uh, outbreak of conflict. How do you assess the response to the situation in Abia from the government of South Sudan and from the peacekeeping mission in Abia, uh, UNISFA? Right now, the Twitch people are accusing uh, Ngok and UNISFA of attacking them together, including some elements from Nuba Mountains and, and from Assyria. On the other side, the Twitch are accusing, the, the Ngog are accusing uh, the SSPDF, the South Sudan Defense Forces, together with Twitch militia, uh, making claims that the kinds of weaponry that was exhibited two days ago, uh, the artillery and the machine guns loaded on uh, pickup trucks, could not have come from ordinary citizens, could not have come from ordinary militias. This must be people either they are illegally taking appropriating the the army and the army equipment to fight or the army is deliberately involved in this uh, these are all conspiracies and 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 uh, and, and not uh, verified and not investigated so my point is that in a, in a in a situation where there is so much exchange of accusation and suspicion and conspiracy theories theories what is at play is the state not being present in the lives of these people, present in a positive way, such as, uh, first of all, breaking up the fight by putting a force in the middle so that there is no more loss of life. And then once that is done, investigate the root of the problem. And then once you have full information on what is going on, you now start on a on a reconciliation process, on a, a even... Uh, uh, being able to find some people guilty of some of having done this so that the state monopolizes the use of force. That was Jogmadid Jog, professor of anthropology at the Syracuse University in New York. He spoke with my colleague Nabil Biagio this past hour. In an opening speech to the UNHCR's Executive Committee, the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, Filippo Grandi, appealed to member states to provide protection to people fleeing conflict and persecution, regardless of their ethnicity and nationality. For VOA News, Lisa Schlein reports from Geneva.
The UN Refugee Agency, or UNHCR, reports the number of people forcibly displaced by armed conflict, violence, discrimination, persecution, and climate shocks has hit an all-time high of 100 million. High Commissioner Filippo Grandi says the climate emergency increasingly drives displacement, making life harder for those already uprooted. He says the link between climate change and displacement is clear and growing. We see it in the Horn of Africa, for example, where people are forced to flee by a combination of conflict and drought. More than one million have been displaced in Somalia alone since January 2021. Around 80% of refugees are from countries that are most affected by the climate emergency. Most African refugees flee for safety to neighboring countries. However, many make the perilous journey to Europe in search of asylum and a better life. Grandi notes that they and refugees fleeing conflict and persecution from other parts of the world, such as Afghanistan and the Middle East, too often are turned back by European countries. He says the reception of these refugees stands in stark contrast to the generous welcome by European countries to some 7 million Ukrainian refugees who fled Russia's invasion of their country. The Ukrainian crisis debunked so many myths that we have heard over the years from some politicians. Europe is full. Public opinion is against taking in more refugees. Relocation is impossible. He says efforts to deny access to territory for those seeking asylum, often through violent pushbacks, must be rejected. I also reject what we have heard some politicians on this continent tell their voters, that Ukrainians are real refugees, while others fleeing similar horrors, but from different parts of the world, are not. There is only one word. To, de- to define this attitude, racist. Grandi adds failures on the part of member states to uphold their international protection obligations is deeply worrying and concerning. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva. And that's all we prepared for you this Monday. Don't forget to check out voaafrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. And for old news, go to voanews.com. If you miss this broadcast, go to voanews.com forward slash South Sudan. We now leave you with Victoria Ole and her song entitled Oh Mama.
Listening to Victoria Ole and the song Oh Mama. I'm your host, John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Remember to join us again tomorrow evening for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Good